All right, listen, we're gonna we're gonna roll with this. Uh sound check, uh camera check, everything looks pretty good. Um everybody joining in now, which is pretty cool. What's up, man? Just got some work done. Trevor, you're you're like me, man. Always grinding. We're always working, bro. Yeah, it's the only way to it's the only way to be right now. It's the only way to be. Bonds isn't top ten. Blake's always joining in with he he's kind of like the jigsaw, you know. Guy of sports cans. They're always, always talking about Bonds is in top 10. You're out of your mind. Bonds is in top 10, man. Bonds is the go. I'm, and, and we're going to talk. <laughs> excuse me. Who's in your top 10? Exactly. Please, Trev, help me out here because I, I want to know who's in the top 10. Because if this dude's telling me that Barry Bonds ain't in the top 10, people who didn't ruin their whole career, well, see, that's where you're wrong. Because Barry Bonds didn't ruin his whole career, okay? And I'm going to get in this argument all right. See, I was going to start this show off nice and easy, right? And like like nice and smooth, talking hip-hop in the beginning, getting a little sports at the end, maybe throw a rock camo in there. But now right away, I get hit with Bonds isn't in the top 10. Listen, if Bonds isn't in the top 10, you don't know baseball. You could say whatever you want about roids or not. Exactly. It's irrelevant. And you want to know why it's irrelevant? Because as you've seen this year with the Houston Astros getting the cheating scandal, correct? Everybody wants to take everything away from the Houston Astros. Okay? It's not going to happen. Because you know what? People have always been cheating. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying it's okay. But here's the problem. Major League Baseball knew about it. Bud Selig knew about it. Do you remember in 97, 98, the race for the record, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire? You remember that? That was a film. That was a film produced by Major League Baseball. That's what that was. You know why? They were lying in their pockets. They knew damn well all those cats were taking steroids. All of them. They knew it. They absolutely knew it. Absolutely. We're fine. Exactly. Trev, if anybody would have ever watched that, you would have to know. That was Bud Selig at his best. He knew all about it. Listen, this was after the strike. Remember that. Baseball needed the home run record race. Baseball needed. Unfortunately, they needed to go with the Ruid era because they, they didn't know anything else. Exactly. Nobody was showing up. Nobody was watching on TV. It was dead until Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Listen, Sammy Sosa, He all he was was a home run hitter, right? He was Albert Bell with a little more talent. That's what he was. That's all he was. So, but he was a home run god. That's that your Chicago White Sox, Chicago Cubs, whoever he played for at that time. That's what he did. But to say Barry Bonds isn't in the top ten, come on, it's about to become that again. Well, Blake, I, you know, it, you know, I guess you could say that because there are going to be no fans. But listen, Barry Bonds, seven hundred and sixty-two home runs. Okay, 2,558 walks. You say what you want, but nobody else is ever going to get walked with the bases loaded again. Nobody. Nobody. Okay, that cat was having people scared. And you could say whatever you want about the roids. The roids are going to make the ball go farther. Absolutely. But it's still a mind game, right? It's still... A mind game where you have to have the analytical fortitude to be able to hit the pitch as it comes in. Listen, it doesn't matter at the end of the day because guess what? 
Roger Clemens was on steroids. Andy Pettit was on steroids. So Barry Bonds was probably hitting against 50% of pitchers who were on roids. Isn't it a wash? At the end of the day, Barry Bonds was electric. Whether you like him or whether you don't, here's the problem. Oh, yo, Trevor went Kevin Brown, the all-time heist, the all-time heist. They should have backed up, you know, the uh, Brinks truck should have backed up the Kevin Brown's house because, uh, exactly, they, 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 the FBI should have took him in cuffs, right? Should have took him in cuffs out because he stole so much money. And, Blake, Clemens? Juice at the end of his career. I, I, I highly doubt it was just in New York. I kind of think it was in Houston, too. I'm kind of thinking Roger was a little juiced up back then, too. Okay, there was a lot of players juiced up. And we talk about Houston. Okay, let's talk about a guy who's in the Hall of Fame named Jeff Bagwell. You tell me Jeff Bagwell wasn't on the juice along with his boy, Ken Caminetti? Right, there was juice going on all over the place. Mike Piazza, say what you want. Boy was on roids. Ivan Rodriguez was on roids. These dudes were all on roids. Derek Bell, that's a great one. George Bell, George Bell. <laughs> Yo, if George Bell was on roids, it worked. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, there were so many cats on roids. I, I'm sorry. I, so I just take the roids out of the equation. It's an accepted part of baseball. It's an error, right? It's a, it's an absolute error that we deal. Juan got Juan gone. Juan Gonzalez, right? Come on, you knew that dude was on steroids, right? But then let, let's look at the players who probably weren't on steroids, right? Wait, wait. When you talk about a guy like Jim Tomey, Ryan Howard, Ken Griffey Jr. Okay, guys that probably weren't on the roids. But you mean to tell me you take a guy like Alex Rodriguez and you tell me at the end of the day that you don't look back at his career and say it was great? You just automatically say that, uh, you know, he did roids. He sucks. Forget about it. He, he's a cheater. Come on, man. Stop it. Because guess what? Here's the problem. What they did, sure. But what they did up to that point has to be taken in to consideration and yes i will never ever 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 say it is okay to cheat i'm not saying that what i'm saying is we're not talking about one person we're talking about a mindset we're talking about an error so if you want to put an asterisk to it that's for oh jason giambi my lord yeah, exactly that now i don't look at him well Not only did i do an insane amount of steroids but he did some stupid things like the oh listen, Blake. I'll tell you what. There's two things that I loved about Barry Bonds: the glove clap and the strut. Okay, you could say whatever you want. See, this is the difference, Blake. This is what I'm gonna tell you, and Trevor is probably gonna tell you. Trevor is going to agree. You know why Trevor's going to agree? Because he knows who I am. Everybody knows that Jigsaw would love Barry Bonds because that's just the kind of person I am, right? I, I, I'm a charismatic guy. I'm a cocky guy. That's what I like. I love it. I love the cockiness. I love when I'm watching the last dance and I see Michael Jordan say, hey, Clyde Drexler, you're going to compare to me to Clyde Drexler? That's that. That's a disrespect to my face. Dennis Rodman, one of the best players to ever play the game. Absolutely. I don't care what he did. So I loved 
Barry Bonds and his charisma. I love and Barry Bonds got blackballed. You know why? Because people couldn't stand him. People hated Barry Bonds. They hated him. And if Barry Bonds didn't do roids, they still would have hated him and they still would have tried to kept him out. Exact. I love Barry Bonds. Saw him play against the Dodgers many times. Absolutely, Trevor. I, I, I completely agree with you. I absolutely love Barry Bonds. My man Brian Evans is checking in, and I guarantee you, he's going to kill me about Barry Bonds. I know it. I'm waiting for it. I know I'm waiting for the comments to come. And so, Bri, if you're listening, I see you're checking in. Please tell me you're going to tell me to go nuts on Barry Bonds. I, I know it's coming. I saw about the oh A Rod's glove slap, not Bonds. Okay, well, remember Bonds in the outfield, Blake, when he hit it on on, on the le- on the leg, waiting for oh that was great. And then he swatted at it. Remember when he would swat at the ball? You know how many times I tried to swat at the ball when I was a kid? I tried to emulate that move and I dropped the baseball. Uh, I'm not after what he, he did. Yo, see that Brian's actually on my side with Barry Bonds, but see, Brian, I'm going to disagree with the Astros. I, I, you know, this is, this, this show started off with football. It's just going to take a whole baseball uh, perspective here because I still don't think the Astros did anything earth shattering. I still don't think, and I, I'm going to get killed for this, right? I am, you know, whether, listen, Cheating is a part of baseball. It always has been. My opinion is, how can you put a tier system on cheating, right? How can you put a tier system on it? How can you say, hey, Brian, listen, it's okay. When I'm in a clubhouse and I'm watching film and I'm trying to watch the, the, you know, the, the actual the catcher, Flip signs. If I'm actually trying, the first base coach is whispering in it, and the runners here say, "Yo, watch his hand when he does this." That be, but guess what? Do you think that 20 years ago, Trev, you mentioned technology? Do you think 20 years ago that if they did have technology, they wouldn't have used it? Absolutely. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, hell yeah, they would have absolutely used it. Okay, listen. In time, everything becomes more technologically advanced. Absolutely. So, of course, listen, I'm going to, the the intricacies that they put forth in that system, absolutely. Didn't Tony Gwynn bring a TV to every rogue to watch the bats? Listen, you know, it's the truth. He watches the bats. You think he wasn't trying to pick up pitches? Do you think people aren't trying to steal signs? Did anybody say when Bullmeyer from the Philadelphia Phillies was, was, was in the, um, was in the bullpen with binoculars trying to steal signs from opposing pitchers? Is that cheating? Of course it is. They're all cheating. You have been shown at Little League how to steal signs. So why is it so wrong what they did? I, I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm dumbfounded here. I'm dumbfounded. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts. Maybe I'm nuts. And people are probably going to sound crazy. And, I, you know, I, I, I a lot of hardcore baseball fanatics that have called me out of my mind for saying it. I, I mean, listen, cheating is wrong. but. There can't be tears of it. Everybody's wrong or everybody's right, right? You 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 can't say, you know, when you're in school and you're taking a test and you cheat off the test, you know, you what do you say? Is it okay if you grab the test and cheated off of it the same way as if it fell on the ground and you looked at the answers and cheated? Isn't it still cheating? No matter what, it's called cheating. So that's my, that, that's my issue with it. That's my issue that... There, there is some effect of cheating in any 
clubhouse in Major League Baseball, whether it be in the film room, whether it be on a whiteboard. It's it's happening in some form. It's just a matter of how many people think it's that severe, right? How many people did so? Did Jose Altuve become the player he was because of stealing signs? Did Carlos Correa become the player he was because of stealing signs? Right? Philly's got caught in 08. You're right. But but again, Bry, that's my problem. Uh, you know, it was going on in 08. It was going on in 2000. It was going on in 2015. Uh, you know, the, the Phillies that got in 2008 who got caught, don't you think that if they had the technological advances that they had today, that it would have been worse? Don't you think in 2000, whoever was cheating in 2000, it would have been that much worse? It's always going to be worse, right? That what, what, right, exactly. That There's where we agree, Major League Baseball, because guess what? All Major League Baseball is worried about is putting money in their pockets, whether it be Rob Manfred, whether it be Bud Selig, whether, you know, whoever it may be. I can't think. Maybe Trevor, Brian, help me out. Who was the, the commissioner before Bud Selig? Uh, he died few years back I, I i can't remember faye vincent oh trev you overpower me bro because i would have had to google faye vincent so great that that's a great call by you so my, my my whole point is when i looked at this we need to do that joint pod listen i am telling you my schedule is absolutely nuts just like yours but i guarantee you in the next two weeks we're going to we're going to get together and we're going to do it. I promise you because we have to. I just did that one with Diaz, right? I just did it the other night which was really good. Uh trying to do something with Drumheller, trying to do something with Kansas and and Sean, I got the heat ratio, but but we're Trev, we're going to get in there, I promise. So the reason why I brought back uh hold on, I got to answer this question. NCAA be in jail for threat. Listen, the NCAA should be in jail 10 times over for what they do. Uh, I see an Iverson jersey in the background. Do you think he's a top 10 of all time? Listen, before I, we're going to pause on that, uh, we're going to pause on Barry Bond. I want to say something behind me right there are my three top three favorite guards of all time. That's that, that, that's who I have right there. Okay. But if you're going to ask me if he's top 10, he's absolutely top 10. And you have to take everything into account when you talk about top 10 lists you have to talk about culture you have to talk about athleticism you have to talk about player character as well nobody meant more to the philadelphia sixers than any team in my opinion at that era than alan iverson alan iverson was five foot nothing right that's what he was you know not six foot now he's five foot nothing right and what alan iverson did was exceptional not hitting the weight room, not practicing, going to going to hula hands the night before, getting dusted, getting weedy, getting drunk, coming in the next day, showing up to practice, scoring 50 like it was nothing. AI brought the hip-hop culture into the NBA. AI brought the tattoos. AI brought the cornrows. AI brought the baggy shorts. It wasn't Chris Webber. It wasn't the Fab Five. It was AI. That's who brought it because even though the Fat Five had done it back then, it was Allen Iverson because he brought it to the mainstream. He made it accepted, right? Remember, we're talking about, you know, 1998, 1999, and just a few years before that, hip-hop, that era, that culture was absolutely banned from things like the Grammys, from the American Music Awards. Okay, so Allen Iverson brought that global 
He brought that global. If you go back and watch Allen Iverson, when he went to places like Turkey, when he went to places overseas like Europe and Spain, they looked at him like a god. Everybody dressed like Allen Iverson, right? He brought that to the game, which is huge. You're right. Michael Vick brought the hip-hop to the NFL. I completely agree with that until he got incarcerated. I guess you could say that was part of hip-hop, too, if you want to get. But but before we get to that, let me get back to Barry Bonds for one thing. And the only reason why is I want to ask, does he get in the Hall of Fame? 241 votes he got this year. He has two years left of eligibility. You need 298 to get in. His numbers go up every single year. I think he gets in. I do. And I think if he's not voted in, I think the writers put him in. That's what I think. I think if he doesn't get in, I, I think he has to get in. Yeah, you're right, bro. He has to get in. They're running a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's getting to be a parody to a point, right? I mean, we don't we don't want to make this like the WWE Hall of Fame. We want this to be the prestigious Hall of Fame, right? We, that That's what we absolutely want. So he's got to get. Listen, the, the, the funny thing is the reason why Barry Bonds comes up is actually May 1st was the first ever splash hit into McCovey Cove. By Barry Bonds, twenty years ago, twenty years he holds a record for thirty-five splashes in McCovey Cove, which I didn't know. I looked this up before because I was curious about it. Right, best ballpark. Oh, it's fantastic! I cannot wait to visit it one day after this whole pandemic ends because that's one one of my my bucket lists. But twenty-two seasons, seven MVPs, fourteen All Star appearances, eight Gold Gloves. 73 home runs in 2007. What else do you want, man? What else do you want from Barry Bonds, right? What else do you want? Pac Bell Park. It is the house of Barry Bill. And if you look behind me, okay, next to Allen Iverson, you're going to see a picture of Mike Schmidt, all-time best third baseman in Philadelphia Phillies history. And then below it, you're going to see Barry Bonds. Okay, you'd have to zoom in, take a picture. But that's Barry Bonds hitting number 762. Or, or actually, is it seven sixty? Actually, I think it's at number seventy three up there. Okay, seven uh, seven. I keep saying sixty two. I'm sorry, just seven sixty three. Um, so that's what I feel about Barry Bonds, and that's what I love about Barry Bonds. Now, the, the next two guys who are Splash Brothers are Pablo Sandoval and Brandon Bell, who each each hit eight a piece, right? So no one can put up the fake hit anymore and think the Major League Baseball beyond blame. And the steroid, they all be belong. Exact. Listen, Brian. That's what I said before you came in, and, and that's my biggest point. I'm not. Try, I'm not advocating to go out and use steroids. I'm not advocating that it's right. What I'm saying is, Major League Baseball knew about. It. They allowed it to happen. They they pock. They you know they lined their pockets with it. They sold merchandise because of it. They brought people back. They got rich off of it. So they have to let these guys in, in my opinion. Absolutely. Jose J.T. Snow. Oh, my God. J.T. Snow was horrible. He was absolutely horrible. So I need to revert back. So I, I, I think we're in agreement. Everybody knows how I feel about Barry Bonds. And when we talk about hatred, that brings us to Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I want to know, again, why do we hate our quarterbacks in Philadelphia? What the hell is our problem? Okay. I don't want to talk about 53 and Jalen Hurts anymore because it makes me absolutely nuts. It makes it they see Blake, Blake, you're not from Philly, right? See, that's the problem. You can't be for you're you're an outsider telling me he's overrated, bro. How can you tell me that Carson Wentz is overrated? 
That's what I want to ask. I don't understand. Took 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 them to the playoffs, okay, with nobody. Me and Trevor and Brian could have been wide receivers on that team, for Christ's sake. He still took them to the playoffs last year. He played with a broken back before that. He was the MVP before that, before he tore his ACL. So stop it. Stop with this overrated Carson Wentz. Look at some of the dreck you have in the NFL. Look at some of it. There's no way in the world you could tell me that he's overrated. He's actually a bargain right now at the money that he signed. When you look at what Dak Prescott wants to be paid. But what I what, here here's my point. Instead of getting an argument about overrated, overpaid, I, I don't want to get that. What I want to get to is why on God's green earth are we trying to run him out of town? Look, see, I'm from Boston. Tom Brady, man, you got Tom Brady. Okay, well, you had Tom Brady, right? You had Tom Brady. How he is the Wentz, his buddy is the Randall. Yeah, listen, I, I, that's a good, that's a really good comparison, B, because I didn't even think of that. Honest to God, I didn't think of that. And, you know, it, it just, I keep reading all these beat writers, and I got a lot of love, and I'm not going to mention any names. I got a lot of love for the beat writers of Philadelphia. I got a lot of love in the media. Hell, a part of the media here, I, I, I consider myself for all the work that I do and everybody else at Fox Sports a Gambler and PhillyInfluencers.com. Listen, man, all I got to tell you is some of these guys that be writing some of this stuff, you know, a certain guy named ESP on out there talking about, you know, how Carson's only guaranteed one more year. Why are we even talking about this? This is our friend. Listen, we've waited how long since five to have a franchise quarterback that we went through to Michael Vick and the Jeff Garcia's, and, you know, come on, stop it for the love of God. Exactly. Why are we treating Wentz like McNabb? And that's my biggest point. Okay. For all the hate on McNabb, McNabb was there every single Sunday, played on a broken freaking ankle, uh, you know, against the Arizona Cardinals, threw four or five touchdowns. Okay. I, I don't want to hear about the Super Bowl, how he came up. Listen, we all know what his tendencies were. But at the end of the day, one of the best quarterbacks in Philadelphia Eagles history, if not the best quarterback in Philadelphia history. Okay. Kevin Cobb, Michael Vick, Vince Young, Nick Foles, Sammy Sleese, Chase Daniels. Uh, Trev, you're absolutely right. And we can say what you want about Nick Foles, but you see what Nick Foles did after he left here. McNabb is the best Philly quarterback in history. I actually agree with you, Blake. Okay, some people are going to tell me that it was Randall. Some people tell me it was Jaws. Okay, but I think it was McNabb. McNabb, listen, you go back to that draft. What if? What if they would have took Achilles Smith? What if they would have took Kay now? What if Tim Couch was at the number two spot, right? Exactly. Well, can you imagine? What if they would have took Dante Culpepper? I mean, we, you know, we don't. Here's the problem. And this is my biggest take on Howie Roseman. You know, you, you do Carson Wentz a disservice by not going out and getting him a number one guy. It's not Alshon Jeffrey. He's not a number one guy, right? So this is what happened to McNabb for all those years. And then you look and you see what happened when you have one year of T.O. Miraculously, they click, and they're one of the best twosomes ever in one year. Okay? That could have been the Peyton Manning-Marvin Harrison connection. That could have been the Culpepper-Randy Moss connection, right? That could have been that kind of connection if it would have survived that era in time. 
And that's the crazy part about it. So, people, please, Carson Wentz is your quarterback, not Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz get hurt, guess what? Then Jalen Hurts is going to have to come in and do something. It, you know, what is he going to do? Who knows? But I am not even worried about it. All I know is Carson Wentz is my guy. How he went out of his way to not get Wentz weapons. Even Rigger, yeah, Brian, I agree with you. Rigger was a bad pick to me. I, I don't get the Rigger pick. I really don't. Not at that point. You know, you, you either go up to get Lamb or you take the other best receiver. I would have been happy they would have moved back. You know, Trevor, that's where we're going to disagree. I'm not a Justin Jefferson guy. I'm not. I'm just not. He doesn't do it for me, man. I don't know what it is. I I, I would have. I would have. I'll tell you what. If if I was able to, I, I still. If you told me I couldn't have got CD Lamb, which was very much available in a trade, if they wanted to move up and get him, I would have moved back. I'd have moved back, picked up a pick, and I would have took Brandon Ayuk. I think Ayuk was would be a better pick than Rager, but not at twenty one. I think they could have moved back to about 26 and they could have got their guy and it would have been better than regular. And they would have picked up another pick in the, in the process. And they probably could have took an offensive lineman or they, exactly. Patrick queen would have been better. I agree. So you know, there, 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 there's so many, so many different variables that we're going to see play out. And this year is going to be so different, right? This year is going to be so different because there is no mini camp. Right. So you're not going to have people forgetting. You're not going to have all this time for this cohesion, for people to gel, for people to learn a playbook. You're going to have to produce right away. And guess what? There was no Julio Jones in this draft. So these guys are going to have to step up. And it's going to take them time to learn the system and take them time to learn everything before they're, they're able to produce. Uh, when, when is Howie on the hot seat? I, I don't know. I think Jeff, J- Jeff loves Howie, man. He loves how he's giving him the rain. So, you know, as long as Jeff Lurie is the owner, as long as Jeff is the owner, as long as how he's going to be the GM, I fully, I firmly believe that uh, Jefferson is misla- mislabeled as a slot receiver. See, that's my point. I, I think he's more of a slot receiver. And, and, and yeah, Ayuk would, to me would have been a better pick. I don't like how he drafted three out of four wide. See, that's the thing. You know, you're, you're, you know, when you're drafting on day three, and you're drafting these guys, how many day three picks make teams? That's my issue. How many day three picks make teams? So that's the problem. That That's what happens when you take a bunch of projects. Rager's a project, right? He's a project. Jalen Hurts is a project. There's no mistake about it here. So you went through the first day. Technically, you went the first two days, and you actually didn't get a starter. Is Kayvon a starter? The kid from Clemson, I don't know. Is he a starter? We don't know, right? He may be the best pick out of the first two days. I'm not sure. Okay, but 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 everybody you took was either undersized or a project or playing out of position. That's the issue I have. That's the, the high tower kid from Boise. Yeah, he's he's promising, but but I I needed production right away, and that's not what I got. So I, I was looking to do about. 30, 40 minutes on this pod. We're at 30 right now, which is a really good time. Uh, you know, Brady's offense. What else in the NFL? Brady's offense uses slot receivers, the outside receivers. There's a lot of that. So it, that, that is true. You're right about that, Brian. And speaking of Brady, Tampa Bay, 
for, for you know, people were complaining about Tampa Bay being, you know, nine on a list or seven on a list. How are they not like five? I have Tampa Bay as five. I think they're that good. Um, you know, we talked about this, you know, uh, I'm going to put something out on Twitter. I'm actually going to be doing a normal weekly spot every Wednesday. No, I think it's Tuesday. Every Tuesday out at 1700 to champ out in Cincinnati, Ohio, their sports station. Thought enough of the old jigsaw to have his, his give him a normal spot every Tuesdays at 6 o'clock, which is pretty cool. And we, we talked about, you know, the NFL rankings, and we talked about guys – thinking that Tom Brady was done. Maybe, you know, he couldn't lead anymore. Should Aaron Jackson, should Aaron Rodgers ask for a trade? Listen, the funny thing is, and Blake, if you're still watching, I could see Aaron Rodgers getting traded in New England. That would be that would be the icing on a cake for everything. Aaron Rodgers forces a trade, gets to New England, and wins two more rings. I could definitely see that happening. But I would agree on Tampa Bay. with. You're right. A lot of new guys. And, I, and you know what, Brian? The biggest thing, the biggest secret to that was bringing in Gronk, right? And, you know, you have a guy in Gronk that knows the system already. The one thing I will say is I'm still waiting. I still can't believe that Tampa Bay is going to go in to a NFL season with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones as the running backs. There's no way a Bruce Arians-led team is going to do that. They're, you know, whether it be Devonta Freeman, somebody's going to be out there and going to be signed to that Tampa Bay team. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't believe that that's not going to happen. Denver getting Rodgers will be part. Listen, don't sleep on the Denver Broncos. That's another thing. Uh, you know, I, I love Denver this year. I love what they did in the draft. I, 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 I like Drew Locke as an up-and-coming young kid. You know, they get Melvin Gordon. They got a three-headed system out there, right? A three-headed system with Gordon, with Freeman, and Lindsey. Right, they kind of rebuilt the offensive line a little bit. Cortland Sutton, Hamilton, Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, these guys can fly, man. Right? Yeah, exactly. These guys can fly. So, and I'll tell you what, for my fancy people out there, B, I know you're listening. I'll give my secrets, man. You know, oh, and they got KJ Hamler, right? I mean, listen, I, that, that's the thing. They got KJ. They got they got them all. I, I'm taking Cortland Sutton as one of my top receivers this year, Brian. I'm telling you that right now because I think Cortland Sutton is going to have a monster year. I really do. So I'm going to let that out of the bag. Now, hopefully, hopefully we be drafting for, you know, for September and not October, but whatever the case would be, I just want football to start. So I'm going to finish this up. We're, we go about five more minutes. Ah, oh, look, I think the Pats had a bad draft. Ah, uh, listen, man, how can you ever doubt Bill, right? You can't, listen. Bill, I, I can't doubt Bill Belichick ever. Sorry. Just not doing it. Because it seems like no matter what he does, it works. I think well, he, he loaded up defensively. That's what he did. He loaded up defensively, and, and he said, listen, I'm going to prove that we're going to win with defense. That's what the New England way is going to be. He want, Bill Belichick wants to prove that I don't need Tom to win. I can go with defense, and that's what can win. Shouldn't the Pats make a trade? Listen, that you know what, Trev, that's a good point, Matt Stafford, because I kept thinking about that. You know, because he's he's been dangled out there. He's definitely been and, and you have Matt Patricia out there too that has those New England ties. So I'm sure that conversation probably had been had. And I still listen, I'm still I'm still a Cam Newton guy. I still say at the end of the day, if Bill thinks that he can't get it done at the quarterback position, Cam Newton. 
is going to be New England Patriot because he's that typical guy, right? He's a typical guy. They say Cam can't be controlled, right? They say Cam is a problem. What better team than the New England Patriots to go and than Cam Newton? Because they always get that troubled guy, right? They Look, they're bringing Josh Gordon. It was Dante Stallworth back in the day. It was Randy Moss, right? Of course, they always bring in the guys who say they can't be controlled. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, Bill Belichick finds a way to get them involved, to get them straight. So let me end on this. We've got about five minutes. And, you know, forever's listening right there. Brian's still there. Trevor's in there. Blake is in there. Listen, I, I, you know, everybody's been watching things, and, and, and we've talked about the last dance, which is just phenomenal. Shows that Jordan's the GOAT. But I stumbled across the hip-hop evolution on Netflix. It's a four-season documentary from the beginning of hip-hop to where it is right now. And I'll tell you what, if you're a hip-hop fan or you're a music fan, it's something that has to be watched. And I'm up to... Season two right now. And I, I uh, Bri, you got to watch it. I'm telling you, Trep, you got to uh, see Blake. Exactly. They, they actually just Wu-Tang was the other day. It was in the 90s. It was, it, it was the evolution of Wu-Tang. But they go back to like Cool King Herc to Fantastic uh, Grandmaster Flash to DJ Premier. I mean, you, you go from the very beginning to where, you know, then you, you're getting the 90s, and the late 90s when you're talking about, you know, at, you're talking about Biggie and Pac and Wu Tang, and for, for my money, the '90s were probably the best. Then you go to the you're going to West Coast. You're talking about Southern rap with Trick Daddy, Cash Money, Millionaires, Juvenile, uh, you know Master P, and then you're going to EPMD. Then you're talking about West Coast, like Too Short, even bringing MC Hammer, which is crazy. Um, who should be the next sports documentary that follows the team next? The Spurs, interesting. I, I tell you what, I, I don't know if you you've seen the um uh the 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 Kobe, they're you know they're coming out with a Kobe documentary, which I think is going to be great. Uh, but but Blake, let me ask you something about Wu Tang, because I'm a Wu Tang guy. To you know, besides Method Man, okay, besides Method Man, who is the best lyricist in Wu Tang? Because there's a lot of different, you know, there's there's a lot of different similarities here. Ghost, uh, I, I, I t- well, Red Man, remember, Red Man wasn't part of Wu Tang, right? But Ghostface was underrated, I thought. But for me, it's Raekwon, right? I, I, listen, I, yeah, Ghostface, I, he was super, but but Raekwon only built on Cuban links, incarcerated Scarface's ice cream. That album was one of the best solo albums that I've ever heard. It really was, but. You know, don't leave out all dirty, all dirty. Okay, Russell Jones, right? Oh, baby, I like it raw. Okay, that that was definitely one of the best albums of all time. Okay, especially the front cover, which I can remember it vividly. But don't sleep on. You know who I'm going to say, right? Uh, genius. How do you, you know, Liquid Swords, Fourth Chamber, Shadow Boxing? I mean. That album alone was great, and he only needed one. You know, Method Man went on to be a global phenomenon, right? And Method Man, shout out to Method Man for still looking the same. I mean, between Method Man and LL Cool J, I don't know if either one of those cats have aged. 
They make me look like I'm 70. Those cats just stay the test of time. It's amazing how they just stay looking the way they were. Uh, also, had the TV show with Redman on Fox. Yeah, you're right, 2004. And then uh, Method Man, I just seen them. They, uh, last year, they gave Mary J. Blige a tribute, uh, and he was there. And, you know, all I need. And he came in and rapped. And I, I'll tell you what, got on stage. I, I thought it was a Method Man from 2000. That's, you know, from the Tikal days. Which that's another Tikal was another underrated album. Uh, Method, but Method Man had so many guest spots with Redman and, you know, and, and EPMD squad. You know, it, it, he actually, I think he had something with Lincoln, not Lincoln Park, but uh, Fred Durst. He had something with Fred Durst. He, you know, he had something with everybody. So Method Man was a great cameo cat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you guys can watch that. Real fast, Brian, Trevor, give me who's your top MC of all time. Let's do it this way. I want to. I want to know your top MC of all time. Who's number one? Who you going number one? I I'm going to tell you right now that I get killed for this, but my number one is Jay Z. And I, you know, I, I a lot of people think I'm crazy because you know I I know I'm going to hear Rockem, I'm going to hear Biggie, I'm going to hear Pac. You even got to throw KRS one up there. You got to throw Nas. He's got to be up in that mix, but uh, listen, man, uh, Jay-Z to me from, you know, the constant albums that he had, I'll tell you what, man, he just stood the test of time and every single album to me was just off the charts. And don't forget about guys like Big Pun and Fat Joe. Okay, those two cats, I'll tell you what, I I like that, bro. I like Biggie wanted... Listen, Biggie is definitely on my list. Eminem, listen, Eminem, okay, that's one cat. Well, you know, you can just watch the rap battles in Eight Mile and just be amazed by Eminem. Uh, you know, and, and whether he went away for a little bit and he came back, whether you know he was telling a story with every single album and every single song, which was just was amazing. I still remember the line, you know. You know, sitting next to Cars Daily, wondering who she, who she gave head to first, which is amazing. Uh, I'm from the area Joiner Ke- Lucas is from. Joiner Lucas, who's that? Am I am I am I uh, am I crazy here? Help me out, Blake. I'm lost. I like Eminem early stuff. It's an Emily. Oh, he's a oh he's a new guy. See, see, that's where you're gonna get me. The new guys. I, I I'm a Drake guy. I love Drake. So if you ask me for like new stuff, I'm all about Drake, but everybody else, uh, like the Travis Scott kind of thing doesn't really grab me. Uh, you know, the, the beats are kind of like all over the place, all the same. I just, I, I listen to nineties hip hop all day long. So that's my thing. But listen, we have 40 minutes and I, I'm going to roll here, man. Listen, I, I appreciate all you guys for checking in. I know I said this all the time. I got to do this more often. I got to do this once a week, right? I have to do it. Uh, you guys always check in, same guys all the time. Been awesome. I appreciate it. Remember at Ticketola23, at PhillyInfluence.com, at Fox Sports the Gambler. Check the Heat Ratio Sports Pod and the Upper Bowl Podcast, my boy Trev, which is off the hook as well. And Trev, we're going to get that joint pod going, man. Absolutely. We're going to get that joint pod in and it's going to be fire. All right, everybody. You have a great week. And I, and I'll actually maybe see you in a couple of days. Who knows? I'll talk to you later.